and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of a wrestler who misses his grandparents. Oh. Oh, that's kind of touching. <laughs> He'll never be the same again, but he has to get back in the ring. He does. And he has to do it. He has to, you know what? He has to get back in there. He does. Is he Is he like an exhibition wrestler? Is it like... Um... WWE, mate. It's WWE. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool, cool. Only, it's not only... Olympic wrestling. Do you, do you know what? I was thinking about WWE the other... Sorry, this is a complete tangent, but it was. I was thinking about WWE the other week. As you do. As you do. Because I was a big, big... Can you hear that? No. Still doing it. Does that hurt? No. No. Everyone is vibrant. Everyone, sorry, just listeners. We've got <laughs> my girlfriend's using the blender. You would have thought that ten o'clock in the morning on a Saturday during a <laughs> during a national lockdown would be a fairly safe time to record a podcast, to, to but apparently podcast. not. Well, no, but there's a boy outside with a power drill, and then Maddie's through there with it. Everyone's got their. But I was saying to you before, it's like when you're hoovering. It's only annoying to everyone else around you. You, as the hooveree, it doesn't annoy you that noise. Wow. And it's the same with everything. Well, guess, guess whose job is to do the hoovering in my flat? You, I hoover too. Mine. It's my yeah. job too. <laughs> I, isn't it funny how there's certain jobs that I get bins, I'm hoover. Yeah, I'm, bin, I'm, I'm dishes. Bin, bins and hoover and dishes. Bins and hoover dishes. Bins, are you? Bins and hoover and dishes. Ironing? Yeah. Are you ironing? Oh, we don't have an ironing board. You yeah. don't have an ironing, we don't have an ironing well, board. You say that, right? But look at your hair, because that looks perfectly oh, ironed mate, hair this morning. I, I am rocking the drowned rat look this morning <laughs> because I'm just, a, I'm just... <laughs> you like a pedo with a redemption arc. <laughs> I'll I'll stick with drowned rat if it's all the, if it's all the same to me. <laughs> if it's all the same to you, I'm going to stick with drowned rat. But, no, I'm not long out the shower. Oh. I'm not long out the shower, and as we all know, I've not mm-hmm. I've not had a haircut in months. Not your jumper matches your, so floppy. your beard. Yeah, we're already off to a horrible start. We're off to a horrible oh, start. WWE. I was talking oh, yeah, about wrestling. <laughs> talking about wrestling. Let's get isn't let's it... let's get back off the tangent, back onto the tangent. Is it isn't it amazing how how much WWE permeated Scott? Like I'm not just talking UK culture, but like Scottish, like little, our little high school. Everyone was going bananas for like wrestlers and stuff. Can you I wasn't. Were you you weren't? No, no I didn't care. It was sort of. What was it for you? It was like Barbies and nah, stuff. I was looking like at my Pokemon cards. Pokemon. Oh, mate, Pokemon cards too. Do you know? I, they're coming back in a big way. They, right, exactly. Do you know? I um, I got an. I was on. I was scrolling through Facebook and I got an invitation to a group, and it was like, I don't know, some some sort of like Pokemon cards um, buying and selling thing. It's complete nerdy, and I was like, oh, I'm interested to look because obviously you and I both had Pokemon cards. Yeah, and. You would not believe how much they sell for nowadays. I I would believe I would it believe how much they sell for nowadays because I've seen how much they're selling for nowadays, and they're only they're only going up. You they get are. you get these like starter booster boxes. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. You can still with buy something them. like uh, I think there's something like fifty little packs inside them. The starter booster boxes, right? Yeah, and they're going for up to a million US dollars. Really, it's what blood. the original first edition? Ones. Yeah, yeah. The, the the unopened unopened first edition booster boxes are going for up to about a million US a million US dollars. Do it's you know, crazy. I get, but I get a little bit of that. So I I did have a big collection in little pockets and stuff with all the little Pokemon. Loved it. But yeah, I, yeah. But I think what I take satisfaction in is that there's not really a market for the second hand cards. Like oh, there's not. The they, have they, have they have to be pristine. They have to be pristine. Mine are mine are not even in poly pockets. Mine are in 
mine are in a shoebox in my wardrobe. You still got yours? Well, I've I've still got some. I've still got a pile of Pokemon cards again oh. in a shoebox wrapped up in I think it's either an elastic band or a scrunchie. Right. Okay. One of those is going to seriously what? deteriorate the outer cards. No, I mean they're afraid they're afraid to hell, but no, seriously, if you pack I think just one like Charizard yeah, Charizard's yeah. the most valuable one. If you pack yeah, a Charizard yeah. out of one of <laughs> one of those packs, I think you, you've made like half your money back because those individual Charizards sell for like ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah, there, there's... And people people are people are actually making this like a sensational thing that are actually increasing the value because they're doing like pack pack openings. Like, do you know do you know Logan Paul? Yeah, I've heard, yeah. So yeah. he was the YouTuber wrestler sort of thing, was he not? Uh, boxer. Boxer. Boxer, but yeah. Sorry, um, I've got wrestlers in the mind. No, you have. It's <laughs> something you want to tell the class. But um, no, he's he's doing live streams where people are buying packs out of the booster boxes from him. Right. And he's doing live open um, live streamed openings. And he's making so much money. He's buying these booster boxes for like three quarters of a million a pop like he's putting so much money wow into doing this but he's making he's making it all back like instantly because people want to be part of the thing and people are bidding on these packs and then you get that um endorphin if you pack a shiny charizard or a right squirtle or one of the other big value pokemon what's the i mean what's the surely this is not going to continue like pokemon's going to slowly move away again and then the value is going to drop well off? the point the point is it's a col- it's a collector's item yeah so it's only so it's and only as, as valuable it. it's only as valuable as the owner says it is and yeah, as the exactly. as, it's in the ba- it's in the eye of the beholder Mm. And yeah, as soon that's as like the... you really isn't it? I that's know, you exactly. as a pack. Yeah, I'm beautiful. What are you? Saying? You're only as valuable as the owner of you see you. See yeah, you yeah, absolutely, absolute waffle. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, it will it will dip dip at some point. But the point is, you know, as as art pieces, as collectors' items, I think it's got longevity, but maybe not at like the current peak that it's enjoying at the moment because it is insane at the minute. Mm. Mm. I, I, rem- I remember them at high school. I remember someone stole some of my Pokemon cards when I was a little boy. I was oh, absolutely yeah. gutted, yeah. I, I mum, mum threw the rest of them out, so they're all gone. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of a, pa- a patched hat. <laughs> do, do, you remember, patched. Do, do you remember when one particular kid would come into school and go, hey, look at this. It's Digimon. Oh, yeah, and Digimon. All, and, and we'd all go, get away. Digimon and Beyblades. Beyblades, oh, remember those? Oh, Beyblades were fantastic. Beyblades were good, yeah. yeah. Anything else? What else is there? What was the one? Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh my days, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! This is the po- we're the podcasting equivalent of just naming, uh, naming, naming nineties fads, naming nineties fads, <laughs> exactly. But we're not a podcast that just names nineties fads. Actually, are we? I could don't know. We, we might could, be. Could you? There probably is podcasts out there for that sort of. Of course, thing. there are. We could definitely get into that. That would be a nice one to listen to. I don't know. But we are a music and movies podcast. Each week, we will talk to you about some of the most poignant musical movies Ooh. that have ever hit the screens, big and small. Poignant. Now, like we it. are obviously trapped in the ever-descending spiral that is small movies till we die, or small screen movies till we die, because uh-huh. we are, we are uh, making our way through 
the 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 short list of the short list of the Oscars. Yeah, absolutely. The short list. Yeah, we had a we had a good laugh about that last week, if I remember rightly. And <laughs> I recognize a film that was on here that I saw last year. Oh yes. And I think it was one of the one of the one of the best movie experiences I can remember. Was it? Can I guess? Can I guess what it was? What was it? Was it The Invisible Man? No, but The oh. Invisible Man was a good... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> of course, this week we're... It was good, though. I like The Invisible Man. Yeah. We're, are we doing that one at some point? Probably have to, do I think so. I was, think, I was yeah. thinking we might do that next week. Ooh, okay. Well, there you go. There's a little teaser for... Actually, I would watch that again. Yeah. Well, I've not watched it at all, so there we Did go. Did you not watch it? No, I didn't, I didn't watch it the first time. It's a, it's a scary movie. Ilham doesn't like scary movies. Oh, she wouldn't like this one. Yeah, and I, I to be fair, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of scary movies as a general kind of thing in itself. If it's good, then I'll enjoy it. But like, if it's just a scary movie, I'm not. I'm not not really down for that. Not really about that life. This week we are talking about Spike Lee's newest flick, *The Five Bloods*. Now I say newest because it is a little bit old. It's kind of like the. Trial of Chicago Seven. It did come out last year. Did like June or something. Yeah. yeah so also, also should we we should point out it is Da Five Bloods and not Defy Bloods, which is Defy. kind of what you said. Oh, is it okay? Da <laughs> Five Bloods. Fine. No worries. That that's it. But like, I see people furiously typing Defy Bloods. Da well, five, who made Defy da, Bloods? I can't da, find this anywhere. Well, it's in the title. It's in the title, mate. Ah, uh, yeah. To, I have yeah. to listen to that. So that's so I, I'm well versed to. But yeah. Now, as you say, this film did come out, I think it was June sort of time last year, but I got round to watching it. So I watched this movie. I think I was away working in, uh, it was when we were allowed to kind of move around a little bit for work. And I was working in Cardiff and I was staying in a hotel opposite the Principality Stadium. Oh, yeah. And I was working the next day and I remember, I remember going out and I think I had to get, you recommended some food to me, like a burger place. And I oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. And I remember sort of going, coming back and I remember I think it's going, called I'm gonna... Cowshed Burgers. Cowshed Burgers. Yeah, and I <laughs> exactly and I and I remember going in and I watched it in my hotel room. I had this massive, massive burger the size of my head. And I had this this film on. And I was just like glued. Like as we talk about these experiences, it was a lights out experience. And oh my god, this movie just it just slapped me right across the face. Oh yeah, it's uh, it and right really from the get go as well. Yeah, my it god, really, it really, it really hits. So I, and this movie has stayed with me since I started watching it. But this was a movie that you had never never seen before. So no, really I had not seen it. I watched know. it. I watched it fresh a couple of nights mm-hmm. ago for this podcast, and mm-hmm. I loved it. You did, yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was so so good. It was just a really fresh telling of a vietnam war story but that also wasn't really that also wasn't really the point of it either Mm. it was there was there was a lot of different angles oh my god so many to to this movie i mean and i think first and foremost the one of the biggest ones we should really address is the fact that like this is very much a political personal piece of art by spike lee Yes. Yeah. Like this is just him front and center making the movie that he wants and saying the things that he wants and be damned to anyone else. You either agree with him or you don't or you like it or you don't. And I think that's caused this movie to be a little bit marmite 
for a yeah, lot of general it has, audiences. It, it has, it has. So it's interesting you say how it's it's kind of quite a f- refreshing take on the story because actually the film was originally titled The Last Tour and was written by Danny Bilson and Paul DeMille. Uh, and it tells the story of four aging white vets who were heading back to Vietnam. Uh, Oliver Stone was attached to direct at one point but moved on. So there was a number of different producers, a number of different directors. But ultimately, the last tour, so Lee liked the premise and his co-writer, Kevin Wilmont, rewrote the script to make it about black soldiers. So the whole angle of actually twisting the story and making it about the black soldiers and the movement that was going on in America, obviously, yeah. a la the, the trial of Chicago 7, which is obviously the prequel. And you can see kind of why they're quite closely connected. I mean, yeah, we kind, of, my God, we kind of lucked into that one, didn't we? Well, we did. No, I, I said this at last week. I said it's a part two. Like, this is part one, part two of oh, this. Oh, yeah. But, 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 but the, even things like Bobby Seale, we see him in the opening do, montage. Yeah. You know, that opening we montage. See, we see a lot of things in the opening montage. What was, what, what was your thoughts? Because I remember watching at the time, and I was like, Hooked, but it's visceral. It is shocking. There's. Did you watch it with Ilhem? Yeah. Uh, no, I watched it by myself. Actually. Okay. I watched. I, I, watched I watched it by myself. Um. Yeah. The opening montage had some stuff in it. Mm-hmm. The whole Muhammad Ali, the Malcolm X talking about their allegiances to America. I mean that that whole underlying storyline, and obviously we have Storm and Norman as the wonderful Chaswick, Chadwick Boseman, yeah. all the way through really hitting that point home. And and the character that I want to talk about, or the inclusion I want to talk about is Hanoi Hannah. I think Hanoi Hannah really just was like, she was the key twisting a lot of that stuff. You know, the, the radio host based yeah, in yeah, Hanoi, yeah. you know, t- saying, you know, um, what is it, African-American soldiers? Why do you fight for America? Why do you, why do you, what, you know, that political almost just like causing the so much discomfort in their heads and making them make these decisions and going, why are we fighting? We know, why are we fighting out here against, against the VC, as they keep saying, um, why are we fighting out here when, yeah, at home we're, we're being, we're being um, persecuted. We're being tormented. Yeah, the, the idea of their dying and fighting for right, for, for rights that they don't currently have. Aha. Uh-huh. It's it was as a as a as a plot device, the Hanoi Hannah piece really turned that for and I'll get back to her, but also just the whole the whole story. It was it was so it was almost just tragic in a way. Because there is no resolve. We're watching modern day. We're watching these guys come back in modern day. And there's no resolve to it. Yeah, you know we see at the end the end montage, and and in the same in if you've seen another film, which if you like this, you the previous Spike Lee film, um, which I think is a little bit better. I, I'm not sure. Black Klansman. That's it, Black Klansman. Yeah, I preferred this one, but Black Klansman has a similar kind of ending. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no similar ending to Chicago Seven in that, as you said, you know we 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 still have people storming the capitol building we still have these insurrections oh god and... i mean it's so you think about one this movie came out june of last year so it was mm. made like way before that and you just get the impression ab- about the timing of spike lee releases that he just always has his finger on the pulse yeah, yeah of, of america like there's so much and i can't imagine how like american audiences views and particularly black american audiences views because i i still always feel like we're we as uh, two white middle class scots don't really get it no we don't no no we don't we don't really get it even and but we can still watch these movies and still be really really affected 
by the messages yeah. that it's trying to convey. Yeah. And I just imagine that those feelings are just amplified to the nth degree yeah. for people who, you know, it's their history. And and even even just the aspects of the whole um something something that something that was glittered throughout this, and I guess if you know the kind of Viet- Vietnam history, you'll know about Agent Orange and what Agent Orange was. Um, which was the chemical, the chemical weapons used by Americans on on the Vietnamese, which still, still to this day, especially in the North, there is a huge, huge amount of. Uh, I mean, that's that sort of the, the chemicals that are just totally genetic and are just being passed on from children to children. Right. Um, it's. I mean, and and you won't hear of much of Agent Orange in America. And if you go to the American Vietnamese War Museum, uh, so I've I've had a chance to kind of do the American one in Washington, and then the oh, okay. the, the 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 Vietnamese one in Han, uh, sorry Ho, Ho Chi Minh. Oh, and, you've been to both. Wow, yeah, I went oh, to wow. both of them. Um, I so the whole I love the Vietnam War era. I think it's such a hugely uh, interesting part of American history, but also, um, I guess just the 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 the. All, I mean, it is world history. It's not just American history, Definitely. really, because we've got a lot of things that kind of really come to play in this. There's, there, as you said, there was loads of other little little devices in this movie that really just added extra dimensions to it. I think the word dimensions is the word we're looking for because we also have Jean Reno as the French character and the the whole the whole French, especially with with the story within Hanoi and you know the the French Revolution in Hanoi in the north of Vietnam, which kind of takes place a you know a couple of decades before the Vietnam War, and then you've also got um, you know, also other elements to this, the whole, the repercussions of PTSD and how that's affecting soldiers and how it's affecting the youth of America and the difference between David and Paul and, the, the you know, the father and the son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and then on top of that, you've just, you've, you've got the whole, the bomb disposal team and you've got the kind of, they were kind of like the millennials, they were kind of pushing out there. You know, it's people who are quite clearly, um, as an audience member, I'm maybe like identifying with the, with Haiti. And, and she and her movement and how she's just out there trying to do, you know, the right thing. Like I obviously um, did nothing of the sort that they were doing, but being in Vietnam, being in Ho Chi Minh as in modern day, I, I can see that that just is a totally different dimension to this film. And there was just everyone, everyone, everyone was very much in their own lanes for this movie. And you could see all the different part, the different stories butting up against each other, you know, yeah. li- li- and there was little points where, overspilled in certain characters i mean the chicken sequence on the boat oh yeah every t- that always stays with me that just deeply you know, he, uncomfortable it's, that it's so uncomfortable that move me uh, that 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 part of the movie and the the way that it's like it's it's the same it's the same you know they they just and they, everyone's kind of civil everyone's kind of civil and then he refuses the chicken he keeps saying no and then the, the and you're kind of like the farmers then going, you're GI, you're GI. And, and they're kind of just, they're constantly marked as the GIs that came in and killed all their families and killed. Yeah. It's, and, and then they are themselves just so um, torn because their experience of Vietnam was Norman leading almost a kind of internal resistance, hiding gold, saying they don't care about us. They don't, the, v, the, the, the VCs don't care about us. The Americans don't care about us. We're, we're almost our own, our own unit. And there's a couple of tracks in the score there's a couple of scenes where I kind of want to just go. This is where they just went. This is what's happening. Oh, it it it's um, it's, it's so deep. And oh, and the other dim- dimension as well was the whole Trump dialogue that was kind of taking place throughout. Well, yeah. This. What was very in- what was very interesting was they didn't give an exact year as to when this story was yeah, taking place, yeah. but it was 
and it was support and i think it was very clever because i think by not putting a year on it like 2016 17 18 19 whatever i think by not putting a year on it we had to look at the modern day era as the trump era yeah yeah you know paul came in with a maga hat he said that he voted for trump he was very much of that kind of mindset and so we kind of have to say that this story is happening in the era of trump and i think Mm. when you just see put it in that light it's just really it's just really interesting i think i think if anything is a little bit of a shame if that that's the one meant that's the one ideology in the movie that's a little bit not misrepresented but interestingly how, represented how do you mean how do you mean because paul was paul was the trump supporter right yeah but he was also the paranoid schizophrenic yeah in the movie which completely which completely deteriorates and i i just wonder if the movie could be accused of saying trump supporters are crazies Oh, um, no, I, I never thought that. I never thought that. I, I disassociated his political ideas with his kind of mental breakdown. I think they were two parts of the movie that were, there was no real cause and effect between them. Well, no, I think there was a cause and effect between them, though, because I, I guess, think... well, we did have but, the MAGA hat at the end with well, Gene Reno. No, character. no, but it's, yeah. it's because, it's it's because as a result of his PTSD and his experiences in the Vietnam War, the movie said those experiences caused him to go down this path of paranoia, schizophrenia, and go, everyone's out to get me. I've got to look after myself. And it was de- directly because of his experiences in Vietnam. And mm. that's the only reason why he's ends up voting for Trump, why he yeah. ends up go- going that way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I guess so. I, I, it's. A, I don't know if it's overly stretched because I think the whole piece on you know I want them to build the wall. I want like that's what he's saying. That's his reasoning behind him. Um, so I guess yeah, that in a way that is kind of like protecting yourself. Built, you know, as PTSD is described as you are putting up walls around yourself. Um, yeah, maybe there's a there's a kind of deep message in there. I never really saw the cause and effect, and I wouldn't. I guess like. Okay, so there is a cause and effect, but I wouldn't see that there being a huge amount of justification to say that um, that's what the film's accusing you because you're a Trump yeah, supporter. Yeah, I think so I go- think that's that that's maybe a line that I that I drew from one thing or the other just yeah. just just for myself, and I I don't think I was disproven in that mm. in the in the movie. So I think that's basically like my bug to bear. But what I will say is, I think Delroy Lindo mm. as Paul should get best supporting actor in the oscars yeah absolutely or i mean definitely best i mean going going up for best actor to be honest well no he can't he can't be up for best actor because it's not it's not a leading role there's no there's no there's no leading character in this movie so even if there's a standout performance that's not how it works oh so it's it is and and well that because that that sort of implies doesn't it that best supporting actor is like almost son is almost like second best is also like second best actor or second yeah, or second yeah. best actor like it, when when you when you see it in the oscars you go mm. 
oh here's the best best leading actor best actor and well, then, and then the here's heart. and then here's the best supporting actor but it's actually got nothing to do with no quality it's to do with the function of the characters in the it's movie it's often much harder to win i think as well the supporting supporting role as well and i think the the ones the supporting roles almost stand out more um but yeah no and daryl lindo he played an african-american soldier in the vietnam war more american graffiti in, in 79 and, and in fact a photo of lindo from that movie is used in this movie showing him in vietnam war attire Ah, so he's, okay. he's kind of an experience i'm just talking about some of the references the apocalypse now so obviously 79 references are numerous uh feature the nightclub is named after this and obviously the artwork from the classic film and um, we have wagner's flight of the valkyries which takes wagner. place in wagner's wagner's flight of the valkyries uh this takes place um in, in obviously both films where the men are, are traveling on a boat going down the river i don't know if it was the mekong delta i'm not sure um they do uh, obviously in apocalypse now uh, which is then obviously referenced in the Book of Heart of Darkness, um, which is a obviously the, the book based on God. It's a whole apocalypse now, man. That is a film. Yeah, That's, there's uh, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of cues taken from that movie as well. Yeah, actually, yeah, there, exactly. I, fe- I feel like this movie is kind of a pastiche on Apocalypse Now, Three Kings, because mm. of the gold storyline, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. There was one other one. There was one other Vietnam movie that came to mind, but I can't... well, American Graffiti, I think, or more American Graffiti, um, was was sort of one that I was kind of thinking a little bit about. But the 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 other piece that I want to talk about in terms of music and movies, we have Terence Blanchard. So Terence Blanchard, who's kind of he did Black Klansman. Um, he he also did the uh, the Princess and the Frog. I don't know if you've seen that Disney movie. Oh, I have I've seen not... that one. I really like so that he, one. So I've not seen it. I've not seen it. Yet. I very much like to watch it. But but we don't just have we don't just have the score. We also have basically an album, an album picked from history. Very um, timely album as very well. Very timely, exactly. Marvin Gaye's 1971 album, What's Going On, uh, and we start with the club scene. You've got to got to give it up by Marvin uh, Marvin Gaye, and then obviously during the during the previous montage, the visceral montage, we have um, the All to Inner City Blues. So Inner City Blues. Is is the Marvin Gaye song that's played there? Both of them featuring on that album. Yeah, uh, and 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 throughout, and there's there's one inclusion on that album that I want to talk about. We'll kind of get round back round to what. What's your thoughts about a movie that basically, rather than take snippets of other individual albums or individual songs of artists, and kind of goes, no, from history, we I want this album to feature throughout my movie. I think I think if you you it doesn't take long to think about it for you to come to the conclusion of that's brilliant and that's perfect and why doesn't yeah. everyone do that? Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> I always think this. For, for, for some these reason things. I always think this. It's, it's it's maybe just me, but when I think of you know, if I'm thinking wouldn't there be a great to have a movie about this, wouldn't it be I'm always doing it to and I would choose this album. You know, I would take a I would take an I would take this album and then make a movie around this. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not what they've done. It, it, it's not about the film this album or, or vice versa but it's accompanying to it definitely no definitely and quite quite subtly until you notice it mm. and then you can't kind of unhear it yeah exactly it's great yeah. and i really liked it when they were they, they kind of started a sing-along on their hike in the opening half of the movie i forget which song it is they start singing together on their hike but that was just a lovely uh, so little scene so that's what's happening brother so yeah. they, they sing that as they're going into the woods what's happening brother is the song yeah exactly I, I think it was really i think it was really really great there's there's yeah there's that that was one of the one of the ones i'll, I'll kind of get back to it and um, the other one that i liked and there's a couple of reasons why i like it uh 
But the, the, the other fact that I kind of want to talk about is the score. So the score itself, I think it's, you're right. I mean, we were chatting a little bit before. It's very wartime, very patriotic. I would say it's yeah, anti- there's a lot of there's a lot of familiar sounds in here. You've got your you've got your military trumpets. You've got mm. your military trumpets. You've got your slow slow chords, slow melancholic chords. It's it's Saving Private Ryan esque. Yeah, but I I would say I would say it's almost anti-patriotic at times, and there's a point in the score that I think it shifts, and I think the tonality of the score shifts at one track, and I'll talk about that track because up oh, yeah, until then, do. so you've got basically you've got the first track, which what is this mission about? Which is that iconic? You see that the Bell helicopter, you know, the iconic American helicopter flying over the sun, yeah. you know, the kind of the the rising sun of of Vietnam and the haze, and that's that it's that just iconic Vietnam sequence. Oh yeah, no, it and, is. And and you've got the score. What uh, what the mission's about? Playing over that amazing. What did you think of all the flashback sequences? Oh, I mean, I thought that I thought the flashbacks were done geniusly because mm. a couple of things changed for the flashbacks. The most obvious of which is the as- aspect ratio. Yep, I thought so, you would pick up on this. So yeah. he cha- I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's not yeah, that. Yeah. It's not that hard to spot, but even though it's not that hard to spot it's done in such a way that it's not distracting because it's not a, it's, it's absolutely not the first time that this technique has been used we're actually what we're actually experiencing it right now in one division as well mm-hmm. one division changes aspect ratio depending on whether or not you're watching the show or watching real life justice league did it quite a lot which is really really great <laughs> yeah yeah I'm not 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 really sure that, um that's because of that but you know whatever but also, the color gradient changed mm-hmm. from from modern day to like back to like seventies kind of color color grading, which was great. But one thing that didn't change, mm. which I absolutely loved, was the casting of yeah. the four bloods, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I wondered about it in the first couple of scenes. Because I was like, are they de-aging them at all? Are they de-aging? No, I mean, there's Chadwick Boseman, obviously really young. It, it looks, it looks a little bit odd that mm. there's just the one young guy and then the four kind of old guys with bellies and you know mm. arthritis mm. and you know, mm. All, mm. and all this. And the first, the first time I was like, oh, that's that's interesting, that's interesting. But then you know, it doesn't take long into the movie for you to realize that the the their past and their present are the same to them Mm. and that's why they're the same in the flashbacks as they are because their experiences in vietnam never left them yeah yeah and so it's it's like they're 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 reliving it paul especially but the other ones as well so it's so it's like they're reliving it as themselves and not and not remembering it through the, the the haze of past experiences you're buying yeah you're buying on it's and that was the that was what was kind of that's what spike lee was going for with it it was you're not what you're not watching you're not watching flashbacks because it, it, as an audience member you're not watching you're not watching you know piece back in time you're watching their own memories yeah you're what you're watching their memories of the situations and and the the way that they timely they timely twist it and i want to talk about one in particular which i think is the second or third 
and I say this is the point in which I think the score slightly changes in tonality. So we okay. have a couple of a couple of really interesting tracks that kind of what the mission's all about. Um, you have like Rice Paddy, which is a which is one of the tracks, which kind of is similar. You've got a couple of these sort of military tracks when they're kind of heading into the jungle. Um, but there's one there's one scene, and it's it's a really powerful scene, and that's where we introduce Hanoi Hanna. Um, so she was obviously a puppet tool for the Democratic Republic of Vietnam or the North Vietnamese, obviously under kind of communist control. Um, basically, she is how the death of Martin Luther King is announced to uh, the five of them. And it's a really, really poignant scene because the track that's being played is called MLK Assassination. Yeah. And it's a break from the kind of militaristic drum beats, slow bugles. It's a it's a slow piece of music. And, and I'm saying the combination between the patriotic anthem, the emotional act of almost unionization and brotherhood. I think the scoring here and the emotion on screen is just so it's so raw and sensitive. Like it's it's like an it's like an open wound and You've got to do something right now. You've got to act here right now. Otherwise, it's going to fester. It's going to go infected. Like, this is a real point in all of their lives to kind of go, what do we do? Like, they don't have time to mull this over. Their their instincts and their reactions to that news, how they hear it, and the situation that's around them, the five of them on their own in the middle of the jungle, that that's going to define them for the rest of their life. Like, yeah, you, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a character-defining moment for all of them. And, and the way that they... There's a very flicker of Norman's crazy. Norman actually is 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 gone too far, and they kind of they resist him at first, but then they kind of see his point of view, and he's able to he's able to kind of turn their thoughts to kind of go, no, actually, you know, people don't care about us back home. There's a, there's two fights here. We're fighting this on two fronts. There's the home fight, and then there's the fight we're doing here. And this is a kind of puppet, on almost a faux pas, if it will, of of real, of of kind of like a projection. But actually, this is a proxy war. And when they turn it, and then they're firing the rifles in the air, and it's kind of just like, this is this is such a, a a crucial turning point for these characters, but then also for the score itself. I just thought it was like, I yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back season. and I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that listen to that mm. track in that context. I think to really really sort of indulge in that idea. Mm. I I because um, it was a yeah. very very effective scene. It was a very very effective scene in the movie. Just the fact that they wanted to kick off and fight back and chadwick boseman basically went nah be better than that that's not what martin luther king was about and you know he would he wouldn't want that and we need to do what he lived for which was fighting for the for the america that we want to see Mm. in future Exactly. No, exactly. And then, and then we, and we, you know, we are downplaying the the role in which the Viet uh, the Viet Cong actually have in this, and and the South Vietnamese particularly. You know, the the quote around nothing is more precious than independence and liberty, and all the guys instantly think, oh, that's an American quote. That's it. And and their guy goes, no, that's that's Ho Chi Minh. You know, he's kind of like our George Washington. We see up to him as like our leader. And then the and the five bloods go. Well, yeah, but Washington owned 123 slaves. Yeah, and it's like it's it's <laughs> such it's, it's like it's the 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 style of the style of dialogue backwards and forwards between all of the context is you 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 can't casually watch this film, and no. it makes sure at every point. No, it's highly highly politicized. Yeah, everything everything in this movie. So 
the 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 point that I want to talk about is another another point in the movie. So we have there's a lot of like chance things that happen in this movie. You know, he just chance happens to stumble across the gold. Um, do do you want to talk about David actually? Just whilst we're we're on this piece, his son going out there because that's almost that's almost again the the audience see through David because we're kind of a younger generation, and there's probably a lot of people, probably hundreds of thousands of people whose parents. Um, obviously mainly dads came back from the Vietnam War and they're kind of had a crippling relationship with them because PTSD doesn't allow you really to bring you know the emotion of being a father has completely stunted their relationship he can't he can't identify with him as a son yeah I think it's a very it was a very very delicate character to Mm. write Mm. and to include in the movie but I think functionally he was there to really hammer home the psychological damage done to Paul. Yeah, and, and over, the over the years. And the long term repercussions of how that's actually affecting not just his generation, but then David's probably uh, David's um life and then his probably reputation with his his sons and onwards. And it and yeah. it's 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 like it's it's almost insidious that level of PTSD and just No, it is, and it was it was portrayed in such a perfect way that you, you at no point in the movie where you were you thinking oh he's such an asshole dad or he, mm. he was he was such a bad bad father and it's like well yeah objectively he maybe was a bad father but you don't blame him mm, mm. not 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 really i mean mm. there's lots of other there's lots of other factors behind the scenes you can say well you know he didn't get the help that he should have got and you know all these other things and there's you know there's no real excuse for bringing up bringing up a child in that sort of environment with that kind of relationship but but you empathize with it Mm. you you empathize with it throughout the movie what did you think of the story i mean the whole hiding the gold um waiting till later what was your thoughts on that okay so we're getting into my big complaint about the movie Mm. Because there was one thing about this movie that made it not a 10 out of 10 for me. Mm. And it was because of all the modern day action stuff. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Because when all of that started, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, God damn it. I was really enjoying this up till now. Basically... There was so much amazing acting, writing, character study, political uh, commentary going on mm-hmm. like in the first half of the movie, and I was absolutely loving it. It was these four guys who had this unbreakable bond mm-hmm. of you know brotherhood in arms, mm-hmm. you know their mm-hmm. bloods and the and so and the gold, the hidden gold, was like this device, this MacGuffin, yeah. as, as as you will if you will, to for them to go back to Vietnam, confront their demons, and then come out the other side. Mm, mm. And it was really starting to look like that movie, and I was really getting on board with that's the movie I'm going to see. And, you know, Paul starts to really deteriorate in his psyche, really lean into his paranoia Mm -hmm. and go back into that we're still fighting a war mode Mm. and 
And I think that could have still been done really effectively without all the nonsense. Yeah, and by yeah, nonsense, yeah. I mean when... Oh, I can't remember... Is it Eddie, Eddie. steps in the mine? Oh, yeah. when, when Eddie starts walking backwards, it's yeah. almost like he's looking for a mine to step on. Yeah, yeah, No, exactly. it's done. It's done atrociously. I, I don't... I don't... I will not hear anyone tell me that that scene is done well because because he is genuinely walking backwards they even say look at him walking backwards not looking mm. not not looking where he's going and stuff and i'm like well he's gonna step on a mine of yeah he's gonna, yeah of course, i think we knew we knew of course he's gonna, gonna step, step on, on a mine, on a mine. Yeah. and i'm not saying that that at some point in the movie somebody somebody gets to step on a mine i'm not saying like when David steps on the mine and they have to rescue him with a rope, that yeah. was great. Yeah, amazing. I loved yeah. that. It was so good. And the, and the scene where he's hugging that. his dad and it's, oh God, yeah. Keep that. Keep that. And Eddie, right? Instead of him, instead of him stepping on a mine, getting blown up, and then, by the way, surviving in that really stupid, rubbery um, <laughs> mountain of of broken body of him going oh man my <laughs> oh come on that was that was like just look back in that scene and go yeah, yeah. oh god damn it that's that's <laughs> dumb that that's yeah. really dumb no yes maybe one of them dies maybe paul shoots shoots him yeah maybe yeah. paul completely yeah, yeah, deteriorates yeah. and and all of the you know have some violence have some death because that's obviously part of their experience and part of their psyche but make it all come from them don't make mm. it bloody tropic thunder yeah and, and i think that, that you know some of the death sequences at the end as well with the yeah have, have the shootout bit, with yeah. the uh, with as much as i love jean reno yeah he's, he's a french guy in a white suit in a tropical country it's so yeah. indiana jones it's like well, it's it, but sort uh, of yeah no you're right it's very indiana jones you're right but there was an el- there was elements of um the kind of french the the history of france and vietnam as well that was kind of being played through that no i know and- i know but that's not what comes across on screen when you put him in a shootout at the end all that comes on what all that comes out is a, a a big shootout at the end of the movie because these guys want the gold and these guys want the gold and the good guys are gonna hole up and like go back into soldier mode with a bit of oorah mm, and all mm. that and i just it didn't it didn't sit well with me at all mm, i mm. i would have much 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 preferred all of the really important dramatic stuff that was great in the first half of the movie to be just self-contained to, to be self-contained and play out over 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 a much shorter movie because by the way this is pushing on two hours 30 two hours 40 something like that and i i i just feel like there was there was lots of different movies in here Mm. oh god there was lots of different movies in here and i liked most of it but definitely not all of it i think the modern action stuff really kind of let it down i think that's i think that's i think that's actually fair i think that's fair can i talk about some stuff that i i think the movie did effectively well with with the music um side of things and the reason of why i, I mean we are a music and movie music podcast and movie. so the, re- the reason why when i finished watching this i went we've got to and i've been i've been pi- trying to get the, us to put this on the podcast for for months now as you'll know like i've been talking to you about putting this one on this is this is this has been one of my long term um one of the one of the things that I think it's important for a music and movie podcast to do is to reflect on times when there is no music in certain scenes or certain sequences of a movie. Because I think almost that deafening silence has 
just as just as clear effect as putting in some sort of of, of track or score. Definitely. And when, when they find Norman's body or his remains, there's no music or there's no score here. It's so silent, like it's aggressively silent at yeah. this point. Uh, and I think this is because it's. I think Norman is actually a really quite dividing character, not just for audiences watching this because hey look there's a lot of people division in the, in the people who believe who was right here um but also even amongst the bloods for, for to an extent like there is an element of division that he did kind of he created the the, the causation of having america as, as as much of an enemy because i'm not convinced that those characters alone were strong enough to come to that conclusion themselves um even even using the devices like hanoi hannah and stuff i, I genuinely think that norman is almost and we kind of get this at the end he's almost like um a spirit guide almost for them all like it's almost like he isn't a real character yeah uh, that's that's the kind of point that i have um but then and and when paul sort of speaks to norman we hear holy moly by marvin gay in the distance and it's a very slow with a kind of crackly filter that just slowly comes into the foreground and it only happens at the end of the sequence and you don't get a score you get marvin gay and that makes me you know as i said like i watch this and you kind of in my head i'm always thinking like was Norman a real character? Yeah. Like, was he a real character? And if they didn't find those remains, and even then, you can probably play it off, I'm thinking, like, is Norman someone that they kind of all agreed was, like, because it, like, there was an extra soldier that made them do, like, was he, like, a get-out for a lot of them? And then over the years, Norman, they've all been thinking about this character they've created, this Storm and Norman, that's actually a yeah. figment of their imagination. Um, yeah, no, like, I mean, I, th I think, I think functionally, that is what the character is. I think, yeah. I, I think the the reality is he was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The course, reality yeah. is he, he was real because obviously David sees sees the remains. Like David's there, and there's actual dog tags, and you know of all course, that. Of yeah, exactly. But I think the relationship between Norman and the four others is exactly that. Like they mm. revered him and followed him almost, uh, almost to a culty kind of deity level to the you know to the point where you're like well he, he could literally just be the manifestation of of an idea a, yeah. a manifestation of their courage and how how they get through how they get through their experiences on a psychological level is manifested in chadwick boseman and mm. wouldn't it be great if we could all if we could all have that but 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 you know the, the five bloods Norman isn't one of the bloods. Like, Norman isn't one. The five bloods, David is the fifth blood. Like, that's the, that's, that's the way that I see this. Movie. Well, it's interesting because I, I think you're totally bang. I totally think you're bang on with that. But I think it's, I think there were, there were always five bloods. Mm. And I think, and I think Norman was the, was the fifth blood. Mm -hmm. And then throughout the course of the movie, he was displaced. Yeah, you're basically. Right. For what we were watching, I think for their history, Norman was the original. But for this movie, the fifth blood is David. For because we're watching obviously the the scenes of this movie, and this movie being you know thirty thirty years on, forty forty. Yeah, years absolutely. On but it definitely takes uh, into the like the last act yeah. of the movie for the others to really accept to really, David. To accept it, yeah. No, you're you're right. Um, and I also want to talk about my most favorite music inclusion of this whole movie, and something that has stayed with me since I watched it in that hotel room in Cardiff and I'll never forget it. And it was, there was something that the movie did. So we have the really famous sequence again. I, I, I'm going to talk about Hanoi Hannah. I think as a character and as a device, I loved it. 
and when she introduces to the first battalion, you know, um, and she sort of she's almost she she is an enemy broadcast, but there's almost an element of like she's trying to appease and appeal to to these guys because she knows that she's going to get under their skin. Obviously, she's being a tool and it's not her. Yeah. But that we get that incredible fourth wall breaking speech from Paul around things like Agent Orange, Agent Orange, and Paul looking into the camera and telling the audience that. He would be the person to tell the others or to tell government when he is going to die. He's he's in control. And in the background, you have what's going on by Marvin Gaye. Yeah. But you don't have the full musical version. It's just the acapella. Yeah, it's just the vocal. Yeah. It's just the vocals that it's you haunting. have. I I genuinely think this is my one of the best inclusions in modern day of a song being used in a film. I, 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 it's, it's haunting, as you say. Yeah, no, it and really, the, really the is. Lyrics, so, so effective. And, and I, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm going to, like, we, I will give this two thumbs up. So, I mean, I've got a few more points. But for that whole thing alone, I was like, I'll never forget this movie for that reason. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. No, I, I, I specifically noticed that, mm-hmm. that inclusion when it happened and thinking, wow, that's uh, bold. Yeah. And, really really effective how many thumbs up are you giving this movie definitely two definitely yeah, two really. i know i i know i sort of railed on it for all the modern action sequences that made it feel a bit hokey mm-hmm. but that didn't de- detract from all the good that it did mm. Mm. even if it did half of all the good things that it did it would still be two thumbs up for me the the original the original score i can't can't say really jumped out at me that much but the interweaving of the marvin gay album the fact that it was one album it was mm-hmm. it was one album as well it wasn't mm-hmm. you know from other sources as well because you know very easily could have been mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. a very very deliberate choice mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one that i really really applaud and it's that sort of like you know very artistic decision making that i really really respect and respond to so yeah nice. it's two it's two thumbs up from me but don't make stupid movies <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna kind of just again again just there's the one last comment i want to talk around the end of the movie um because the finishing the final the final five minutes of the movie there's so many ways that you could end the movie there's so many different points and what they actually choose to go to fade to black with is a really important point because you kind of have uh, all the dimensions of the movie kind of coming together. So you have the finishing, you've got the Black Lives Matter movement, the modern day movement in the classroom that you see, which is very similar to the themes at the end of Black Klansmen, where you have the footage from things like Charlottesville, you know, really just put onto the end, like that impactful finish. Um, Norman, who gets his military funeral, Otis acknowledging his daughter. Um, We have David reads his dad's letter to him, you know, that really just heart, pouring his heart out letter. We have a reprise of what's going on when we see the bloods all lined up looking directly into the camera. But what we do end with is MLK's speech, which is the Langston Hughes poem of America never was America to me. And yet I swear this oath America will be. And to that day, he was killed one year later from that. And it's just like as an ending, it's such a punch in the gut. It really, really is. And I wonder, and I wonder if those you know stock footage and those kind of political statements that really bookend the movie mm. you know it starts and finishes yeah, right. yeah. and i wonder if they were put in if they were part of the original vision 
basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i do wonder that because i think they definitely work and they and they elevate the movie to new heights there's no question about it but i wonder if it was put in after things like you know the murder of george floyd yeah and, oh yeah yeah and yeah. and other things because it, it because it puts it puts the events of the movie into a completely different concept where you perspective even where you get the sense that okay spike lee didn't make this movie knowing about george floyd because obviously that happened after the production of this movie but spike lee is a person is an artist that just knows in his genetic code Mm -hmm. what it's like to have a knee on your neck Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. And just like he he just oozes that throughout the movie and I think by bookending it with all those hyper political statements it really really elevates it. Yeah. Yeah. God, I'm going to be recommending this movie to everyone forever. Oh yeah. forward yeah let's move so we have uh we're, we're cutting straight into moving forward because we've just finished the five bloods bit quick but i'm like it's almost quite god that got really deep didn't it, it <laughs> yeah it is really deep and there's a lot of important themes into five yeah, bloods but yeah. uh guess what we're back to wandavision <laughs> we're back to wandavision <laughs> back I know, to bloody wandavision it's such a jarring it's such a jarring <laughs> god okay i'm gonna i'm gonna disengage recap us mate what's what's where are we at with wandavision right well spoilers <laughs> oh yeah absolute spoilers this was the episode where the mystery is dissolved solved it dissolved oh, okay the mystery is dissolved we, we've had so much so all the episodes so far of us going what the hell is going on here yeah yeah well now we know what's going on we here. Know, now we know everything now no yeah. genuinely now we know everything Mm. and it's great it's all really 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 good stuff there's more there's i had a complaint last week mm-hmm. that the marvel cinematic universe was starting to go down a rabbit hole where it expected me to know rabbit things hole. exactly yeah, with a rabbit. <laughs> it, it expected me to know things that i didn't know and expected me to have a reaction based on certain reveals that i have no that i have no idea about mm-hmm. there was one big one at the end at the end of the previous episode, episode. no no of this episode oh, this oh, of, oh of this episode because there was one at the end of, at the end of the last episode where we yeah, yeah. where we were supposed to know who agatha hartness was and mm-hmm. yada 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 and we did get a nice little flashback as to her kind of origins even though i've got no idea 
it was a bit messy. They've completely retconned her as a character. Like he, she's supposed to be a bit of a timeless character, but they've kind of just put her basis back to Salem, which is ah, fine. But I see, guess. then that's kind of that's kind of improved <laughs> it a little. That's kind of improved it a little bit for me because I didn't know any of that. Yeah, and no, so she... all I know is what the MCU put in front of me. So if they kind of simplify that to the point where I don't actually have to know any of that stuff, then even better. But there's a lot of links to like Atlantis as well and stuff in her origins, um, which they kind of didn't put in. I think if they really included Neymar and a lot of that stuff, there would have been included. Oh, who cares? Oh, that uh, the whole idea of that is exhausting to me. Uh, Now, and then at the end, and we kind of go through a timeline of Wanda's life, which, by the way, was really well done. Yeah, really, really well well done. done. I love you know just going back and fleshing out a lot of the stuff, and it and it. Oh my god, it makes me want to watch Age of Ultron again. I know it, it, it does may, right, and it recommends Age of Ultron at Always. the end of every a- a- every single episode. episode. Yeah, every episode, that. Disney Plus tells me to watch Age of Ultron again. I'm like, oh, I really want to watch Age of Ultron. Do you know, again. but they they've kind of retconned her character though in a way though, to, or the character of Scarlet. I don't Witch know. I mean, it, to, everything to fe- everything fits really well for me. Mm. I oh, don't no, know. No. So, so, so in terms of just her being a mutant, not being a mutant, she's a she, she's not an X Men mutant, which is what her kind of character is because something that's but then not... isn't it, it, it aren't there different versions of her in the comics as well or or in the comics is she always a mutant N- namely always a mutant so so this is the sorry to be the kind of nerd to step there's a couple of and I, i've got a question that kind of comes from the back of this so there's a couple of things that um from, a, from me as a nerd and a comic sort of lover of this sort of stuff there's there's um there's two things that happened in this episode that I kind of got a little bit excited for but almost like wistful that they're never really going to cover one was we see magneto or we think we see Magneto. Um, Magneto obviously being the dad of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So the guy who brings in the DVDs, that's in comic wise, their, their dad is Magneto. Um, yeah, but he's not, in the, he's not in the MCU. No, he's not. He's not, he's not in the What's... MCU. Um, no, the, you're right. Magneto isn't, that isn't Magneto, but in the same way that like Juggernaut and Magneto are supposed to be brothers, um, all these little connections and stuff. I, yeah. I couldn't like the nerd of me was like, ah, but the thing that it doesn't really resolve for me or, or anything, we've obviously had the huge part of that. She was always a witch, but her powers were amplified by the Mind Stone. But that yeah. doesn't really answer Quicksilver. And I wonder if they're going to like, what, what was he always? Was he always a, a fast son of a bitch? But then, <laughs> he just, <laughs> then he just kind of got amplified. Like, I, I think they, they haven't. And I, I, I clearly they're moving very much away from Quicksilver and the whole Fietro, the, pa- the fake Pietro, Fietro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite funny. Yeah, I mean, and the more episodes that go in, I think they, I think they cock teased us with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think <laughs> what we. What the fucking phrase? <laughs> I know they did. Marvel, what like, a okay. cock tease! Jesus. No, no, no. They definitely, they definitely teased us with. The, they yeah, know yeah, that yeah. we know that Multiverse of Madness is coming and we want the X-Men in. So they teased us with the other Quicksilver, but I don't think he features in No, I mean, we'll see him. We'll see integration at all. I, I think there is still going to be an explanation for that. I don't think that we've, we're finished quite there. No, um, but we, no, no. The, the, big, the big annoying thing was actually at the end was mm-hmm. when everything came together and Agnes was holding the two Boys, kids. Yeah by her witchy tendrils or whatever almost the, like dogs like hellhounds <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird it's really really weird but there was this big sort of name reveal at mm-hmm. the end that was supposed to pack a big punch where she went like 
I, I've seen all of this and we've gone through this journey together over this episode and I've come to the conclusion that you're the Scarlet Witch. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really good, like I no. thought it was a well-deserved title and well-deserved. I thought it was because Kevin Feige's been saying, I'm going to do this. He was in 2016. He was like, I'm going to give you a reason why she's called the Scarlet Witch. We're going to get there. We're not going to do it. Yeah, but but uh, yet again, it was another, oh, well, the name Scarlet Witch definitely means something to Agnes. Like it's some kind of witchy prophecy, some kind of mis- witch messiah or something mm. like that. But she's an and, agent of chaos. Like she's a, she, she's a chaos wielder. Is I think Doctor Strange talks a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, when- yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. But again, you know that. <laughs> I don't know that, but I I still knew that she was called Scarlet Witch, and I just thought that was like her power base. And now this thing has come up, and I'm like, "Oh, come on!" Maybe maybe Ugh. we're gonna learn why War Machine's called War Machine in Armor Wars. Maybe he's gonna like completely like torch a city of children, something like this. And be like, you're a machine of war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like a war machine. <laughs> you look at the camera. I, I really want a fourth wall camera break. Do you know what the best one of those in history is? Do you know what the absolute best one of those in history? Have you seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When Craig Robinson goes, <laughs> uh, yeah, some kind uh, of he, hot tub time machine. <laughs> no, but he, he, I, I think he has one of the best deadpan deadpan faces yeah, of he any does. actor ever because he does it all the time in the office you love craig and robinson don't craig you? robinson is so cool he's i so, love him he's so he, funny he's so funny and he always finds an excuse to get a shitty little electric piano out and play, i know, and play I know. Some yeah, fun. Yeah. he does it in so many things and it's brilliant but that in hot good. tub time machine it's the only time in the movie that anyone breaks the fourth wall but he says it's almost like a hot tub time machine and then his eyes just flick right into the camera lens <laughs> with a deadpan face just uh, and then looks away again and it's it's comic genius i love that so much i've got a i've got a prediction mate right go on i think the rabbit's doctor strange oh for god's sake or i think the rabbit is someone the rabbit is Doctor Strange. Do you know what made me think that is when she said when she turned the bug into the bird and she said it's a it's a it's a disillusionment spell or something like this. Yeah. And then the bug was thrown down towards the rabbit, and I'm like, is that a rabbit? Someone. Well, I yeah. Think... And then the rabbit eats it. So someone yeah. that psyche, Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch is just munching on this. He's loving it. He's this loving bug it. Going, yeah. Num 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 exactly. num num num. Exactly. I think. Well, I think we. I think we're gonna see him. Right. I do think we're gonna see him. I think we're going to get a big, we're going to get an MCU, a big member of the MCU for the final episode. Is, is that yep. next week, the final episode? or is it- Yeah, it is. So that's why I kind of said up top about this episode that, you know, the explanation is there. It's been mm. dissolved. The mystery is mm. dissolved. Mm. The next episode is the fight. Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next yeah. episode is the fight where we get scary blue nega vision? I don't know. It's, yeah, great. So gray vision or, or it's... Um... It's it's something visions. There is a comic about white the white vision or something. I, I forget the name of it. It's it's a click. Like it's like a pun on words or something like this. Right. Okay. Um, but again, but yeah, a I mean, character he's that he's... I'm supposed to get excited about. Yeah. And I'm like, well, well he clearly exists somewhere yeah, else, and yeah, I'm like, oh right, okay. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. So, but I mean, he'll be um, he'll be the classic. He'll be the android. No, no emotion, no motive. Like he he actually sees humanity as a burden. He's kind of he's kind of that's the character. Um, 
of the gray vision, the white vision, like it's not the same vision as well. That just sounds like Ultron. Yeah, well, that's it. That's that's really it. It's it's vision without the Mind Stone. It's vision without Wanda's. And what you got to remember as well is that like the kind of the way that what I was watching was that Wanda's kind of at half power at the moment because she's using her the the Mind Stone ness that gave her the amplification of her power. She's currently using that to project and create her interpretation of vision. Yeah, I think the decision. I think next episode she's when she when she she lets go and she lets him die when she kind of makes that decision what we're going to see is we're going to see that that um yellowness mist power coming back into her it's going to put her to full power and then she's going to be able to fight agatha like that's right. i think that's what's going to happen right okay um, fair so when she lets go vision so do you, you think at all of be... at the end of all of this vision's still dead vision still yeah, yeah, ends I think, up dead i think yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i kind of th- i kind of think so too i think they have to really yeah it's good I'm enjoying yeah, it though. No, it's good. I'm really looking forward to the next to the next episode, and I'm thankful I mean, this that there's only like a week off until Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then we're followed straight on after by Loki, I believe. And it's 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 a couple of weeks, it, I think, between. Yeah, but more 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 or less, it's like we, just we, give me all the Marvel all the time I know, forever. I know. Amen. They are they are water falling. Yep. Segwaying into DC. Yeah, I was going to say you've got some Superman news. Okay. There's a new Superman movie being written. Mm. And it's being written by Tanahishi or Tanahisi Coates, who is a comic book writer who was kind of in charge or a senior writer on like the modern Black Panther storylines in the in the comic world. So he he's got a bit of he's got a bit of cred mm-hmm. in as a comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're calling it a reboot. Mm-hmm. But he released a statement, the writer, basically saying it's an honor to be asked to contribute to the DC Extended Universe. Mm, and I go, okay. oh, hello. Interesting, interesting. So does this mean it's part of the DC Extended Universe? But then if it's a reboot, basically the big question I want to know is, is Henry Cavill going to be Superman? Right, okay, I see. Because I love Henry Cavill. And I love Henry Cavill's Superman. Yeah. Say what you want about Batman versus Superman, but I genuinely think Man of Steel is a good movie. Do we think? Do we think that the? I mean, is it going to be a continuation from? Obviously, we have Justice League just around the corner as well. Do you think it's yeah. maybe in line with that, or a continuation from that? Maybe. It it's it's an interesting one because obviously, WB are doing these offshoot movies. Mm-hmm. started with joker mm. we've got robert pattinson's batman, batman. Mm-hmm. coming up mm-hmm. they're not in the extended universe but they're still wb mm. could this be something like that could this be a fresh self-contained superman story well, I, I, it seems to be working doesn't i would it? prefer like, that i yeah. would prefer that and like please please even though the majority of the movies suck mm continue with the extended universe that that Mm, that mm. is my feeling because i think the potential of that universe has yet to be yet to be tapped well because i just because when you when you look back at the building blocks mainly being man of steel and batman versus superman if you just look at those two think about how exciting the future of that could have been 
but it's, I it's really almost, think it could have been amazing. It's almost like biblical, like the 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 imagery that the imagery that Zack Snyder has has released for his cut, and you know, like for that we've been seeing over the last four years, the imagery off of that, it's like it, it hit me the other day when I was rewatching the 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 trailer for Justice League. I was like, God, like this is really. This is like modern day biblical stuff. Like yeah. that's what that's what he's really going for. Honestly, here. it's mythical. It's mythical, clash yeah. of the titans. Yeah, yeah. It's you know the heavens erupting. But it's funny you say when you say I was watching the other one was the Batman trailer. I rewatched that again. My God, that's one of the best trailers I've ever seen. Well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with the Nirvana song "Something in the Way" playing in the background. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God, I love that trailer so. Well. Oh yeah, no, but, yeah. it's great. But no, it's just going to be very interesting to see how this fits in with the universe, if it fits in with the universe even. Is Henry Cavill done? I don't know. I just think, I think he's the perfect Superman. Honestly, mm. I think he, he, I think he gets it. Mm-hmm. I just think it's such a hard character to put into movies. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to do right. Yeah, it is. It is really hard to do right. I think the best. I don't know if they could do better than Man of Steel. Like, I genuinely struggle. I just Man of Steel is one struggle. that's kind of crept up on you, hasn't it? Like, yeah, it has done. Yeah, I. I just don't think. But it's like, I just think as a character that you, I, I, I believe that you can't put a good version of Superman in film. Because I don't he's think just, he's a, like yeah. invulnerable. Yeah, I just don't think you have to take him off world to do it. Yeah, and you have to, you know, you have to do what you do with Thor, really, don't you? You have to take him completely. You have to, you have to power everyone else up around him to make a good movie around it. You, you, yeah. You've got to, you know, you've got to Captain Marvel. You've got to do that. Um, you know, or, or remove the powers completely. It's it's a, such a difficult one. Um, but hey, look, I'm all in. Like I'm, I'm, as you say, Man of Steel crept up on me. I'm ready to see another interpretation of his character. I was never a huge Superman fan. Yep. Always much more of a Batman fan. But I'm happy to give it a go. Definitely. Where do we want to go next? We've got two other bits of news. We've got a trailer, and we've got an announcement of a movie, which I'm particularly excited about. What do you want to talk? Oh, about? Oh yeah, first? let's let's round off the superhero stuff. Superhero stuff. Spider Man, right? Oh, we've got more news. I forgot about oh, this. I wasn't even talking about piling this. Piling on the news. Okay, piling okay. on the so news. So go for it, mate. What was your, what was so, your thoughts? So Spider-Man 3 has a new title. Mm. Can you remember off the top of your head? Or am I going to have to Google it? Is it No Way Home? <laughs> it is No Way Home. <laughs> Homecoming, it's Far Homecoming. From Home, and No Way Home. I what still would prefer... What, what, what do you think the next one's going to be? Stuck at Home? Stuck. I would have still preferred... Like Home Alone, I thought Home Alone would have been a good one, uh, or no, or or, or meta, Homeward, Homeward Bound. Oh God, Homeward Bound would have been those are all extremely meta jokes. I would have I'm not sure I'm here for it. <laughs> any sort of other home field of dreams? Oh, it's a baseball one. I don't like him. <laughs> no one home. Home run. Home run. <laughs> Do we have home run? Yeah, home run would have been good. I would have liked home run. Chicken home. run. Chicken run. <laughs> Spider Man. Chicken run. Spider Man. Chicken run. Oh, there's no <laughs> home in there. That's what they should have called it. <laughs> No, it's fine. Actually, it's meta. It works. It's meta. You, oh, okay, you cool, get cool, it. Cool, if cool, you don't cool. get it, you're the idiot. Oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. So I love those arguments. Yeah, that's Absolutely a good love those. You're the idiot. But uh, uh, I, t- I tell you what, I'm I'm not reading or letting... My- I mean, it was a nice little trailer when they're walking past uh, Zendaya, uh, Tom Holland, and I forget the chat that plays... Um, What's his, character, what's his character called again? Ned. Ned. I forget, yeah, Ned. I forget him. But but the, when they're walking past the whiteboard and they've got all the crossed out names 
Uh, it's nice to hear Tom Holland's British accent as well, not his American accent, which I thought was quite funny. I was like, Has he got a British accent again? Yeah, he's gonna do it properly. So they're obviously. I love all the memes but... at the moment because all the images of of him are everyone's calling it the Drake haircut. Yeah, 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 yeah. His because swagger, doing, his little because... news about his swagger. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, what's he, what's he doing? What's he doing? He's got, he's got a swagger because he's been playing this adult. He's been playing Drake from the Uncharted franchise, which is another movie I'm quite excited about, to be honest. Yeah. Because I love those games. I love the stories and the characters of those games as well. But yeah, apparently he had to get a bit of coaching to like get him back to you know nerdy P- Peter Parker. That's so funny. Uh, I think I think it's brilliant, and it's like yeah, you know, understandable. It happens. <laughs> now I'm excited for. It. As I said, I'm. What do you think it means? Uh, well, I mean, it's he's obviously going to get trapped somewhere, going to get trapped in the bloody multiverse. Well, yeah, it's it? all we very, all it's all very definitive, isn't it? Yeah. No it, way home. It's it's like the thing. The thing with it is that. And I said this before, we kind of talked this last week, is that I think the expectations are now a bit too high for this. If we don't get our Tobey Maguire's, if we don't get our Andrew Garfield's, if we yeah. don't get all of this, our Jimmy Fox, you know, if we don't get all of this stuff. Alfred Molina. Alfred Molina. If we don't Alfred get Molina Alfred as Molina. Doc Ock is, the, is genuinely the one I care about the most. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, if it's not to our satisfaction, it's going to be... I, I'm worried about this movie, if I'm honest. Yeah. I'm worried about this movie. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, their track record... MCU, they're going to knock it out of the park. Their track Except record. Except that it's still Sony. Yeah, it is. But then you've got Sam Raimi. You've got Sam yep. Raimi. You've got MCU heavily invested in this. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, um, I think they know how dangerous it is. I think do. it's very much a pivotal no way, no way home, no way yeah, back exactly. for exactly. the franchise as a whole. And mm. It's a weird one because do you remember before Star Wars Episode Nine came out? Mm. There was almost we, a similar feeling, wasn't there? There was a, there was a some no, but I think we are now feeling iffy about Spider Man Three because of Star Wars Episode Nine. Did I just say Spider Man Episode Three? Yeah, Episode Three. That's great. Fine. great, 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 great. <laughs> I, I just love the Star Wars. Just yeah, give me no, the Star it's, Wars. It's, it's, no, 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 no. Yeah. but. I remember in the run-up to episode nine, we were saying things, and I swear we've said it several times on this podcast, we were saying things like, I mean, there's so much money and so much writing on the end of the Star Wars Skywalker saga that it can't not be good. Yeah. They have, like, it has to be, it has to be good. She's never going to live up to it. Therefore, it has to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And obviously it wasn't, it was a pile of shit. But... (laughs) It really Which was. still really upsets me. It really, really yeah, upsets yeah, yeah, me that yeah. they ruined the end of Star Wars almost yeah. to the same degree that they ruined the end of Game of Thrones. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, maybe even worse. Are... I don't know. No, it is it, Star, is War- it... Star Wars was worse. Star Wars, Star Wars, Wars was worse, worse yeah, than the end yeah. of Game of Thrones. Yeah, definitely. Although although the last episode of Game of Thrones has got like four point something on IMDb. Yeah. Oh dear. Shall we talk about something more wholesome? Yeah, let's, positive. Let's, let's animated let's do it mate a nice little trailer that the two of us have just recently watched is of course pixar's newest film luca luca now obviously it's kind of just that classic trailer of 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 animated movie have you noticed this recently it's like everything seems normal everything seems fine and then i kind of oh and they're fish people (laughs) oh yeah no every animated movie uh, every animated movie trailer i've seen is that they're fish people no, 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 as in like the kind of just a little bit of a twist. They're, you know, it's like, did you see that one? Will Smith is a pigeon spy. 
He's a normal spy. Hey, He's have a big you spy. have you seen that movie? No, that is, is a it? fun time. Is that it? is What's a it on? fun time. What's that? What's it on? Is it oh, on I don't anything? know. I don't know. I think it's on Disney or Amazon. What did I watch it on? I definitely watched it on something. Or is it Apple TV? No, it's not. Isn't it on Disney Plus? Is it Disney Plus? Oh, I'll give it a watch. Oh, then. I'm not sure. That's fun. It no, it's DreamWorks. Yeah. It... DreamWorks. Oh, I can't remember. It was on something. It was on okay. something, and I watched it, and it was such a fun time. Honestly, nice. Nice. it's not. It's no. not. It's not the best movie in the world. That's it, you fun. know, these these animated movies are are cheap. And, I, they're, they're, there's so many of them. There's so many of them out there. To a penny. Like that's the phrase I was going to say. Penny. I don't like it how the kids don't. I, I don't like it that they've got American accents though. Why not? They're American movies. Like no, I don't like that though. It's like Space in Italy. Get some Italian little kids in there. Do, do, you know, you, they, I'm happy they speak English. Or, or, but I'm getting little. You know, like we we had in Coco. We had uh, is it Miguel? I don't know the name. Oh of the boy, yeah, but okay. Played by a little Mexican um, voice actor. I thought it was. I thought. I thought that was quite nice. And all the. You know, like I. I think I really hope they go. They go down that route of. Yeah. If they're kind of going for the, the I don't know. I don't know. I can I can imagine the boardroom discussions there, and uh, they're like, "Shall we have? Shall we have um, Italian actors or Ita- Italian American actors?" It's like, "Well, no, because this isn't like a young mafia." Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's that there's that kind of New York Italian accent mm. where you're like, I really hope James really Gandolfini does a part in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. This. That would be good. <laughs> They don't good. I mean, hey, look, these are all they're all in. I, do you know what I also think? I also find it quite funny the choice cho- choosing of the films that they say from the pick from the from the creators of, and they chose oh, okay. Coco. They, they choose chose they choose Out. different movies each time, don't they? Yeah, I think so. But they, it's always quite choice, isn't it? It's always like you're never going to see from the creators of the Good Dinosaur or Cars Three, are you? You're never going to see. You're never going to. No, see I've these seen things. creators. I've seen um, creator of the Good Dinosaur. Oh, have you seen that one? Have you? Also, okay. have you seen Good Dinosaur? Yeah, I, I, had, I wasn't that interested in it. I, I thought it was amazing visually, but oh we yeah, yeah, yeah. I think show. I think it was very much uh, a demo. Mm, mm, it was mm. kind of it, it was kind of like a. It felt like a short that had been stretched. Kind of, yeah, but short. but in a way that Pixar was kind of showing off their kind of new technology because I think the big mm. thing about it was like the animals and all the characters were like hyper animated, like almost cartoonish, but then the mm. landscapes were hyper realistic. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I think that technology was pre Lion King. I think yeah. that was like the ancestor of of. Uh, oh, we t- we talked we talked King. about this. I think when we were when we were when we were chatting about this when it sort of came out. Yeah, no, you're right. You are right. The I don't know, like. I, I'm, I'm interested to know like i i'm kind of falling down the route of there's almost like camps of pixar films like i'm the ones that really are resonating with me like wally was one that was like out of nowhere for me and um the other ones being coco i mean coco my god yeah it's lovely oh. um and and most recently onward i have a huge soft spot for Onward. oh yeah that onward was really lovely that one really hit me um, and so I think I preferred Onward to Soul. I think actually, weirdly, Ooh. yeah, weirdly I preferred. It. I think it just personally for me, it the whole thing with brothers and things like that. I think it made more. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, that makes sense. And I think, uh, and I think nobody at Pixar would like disagree with you. Uh, that mm. I think you know you all Pixar musician. movies, 
all Pixar movies resonate with different people for different reasons in a I, really hard-hitting way. Like, I would definitely say I prefer Soul over yeah, Onwards. Yeah, yeah. But actually, that's a really good point we make. Something I did think on the Luca trailer was, what's the what's the, what's the the relationship going to be? Because obviously, with, like, Brave, we have a mother-daughter. Yeah. Um, we, have, we have best friends with Mike and Sully. We have, um, I guess, two unusual friends coming together with to- with Toy Story. Um, we, we, you know, we have, uh, what else do we have? We've got brothers, we've got lovers with Eva and Wally. There's a kind of love story there. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a growing up, a coming of age story with Inside Out. Um, we've got a, we've got a family and, and how important family is with Coco. What's this one going to be? They're gay. They're gay. Do you think so? Yeah. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. Do you definitely think so? That's before before they were revealed to be fish people. Interesting. I was thinking. I think they're gay. Really? I think it's, it's like a young. I think it's a young. Almost call me by your name. I was just about to say that. Is it Timothy Chalamet? Is it that call me by your name? Is I think, it? Yeah, I kind of think it's that. Amazing. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually. Yeah. And I'm literally just basing that on a two-minute trailer. Like, yeah, you're probably because I, I was thinking, are they are they best mates? But hey, that could be it. Yeah, that could be it. How interesting! Because it'd be that, about time, wouldn't it? It would be about bloody time. That would be really interesting. Wow, oh, and maybe maybe they've got to hide who they are. Well, exactly, it's a metaphor. People. It's a metaphor. There it's a metaphor. Go. You've, you've they're not actually it. fish people. You've knocked you know, it on the head. The the small town Italians just don't like the gays. <laughs> there you go. There you That's go. It. You've knocked it on the head. Cool, that's a good theory going forward. <laughs> now we've got one more bit of news, and this one is really exciting for me because is it? one of my one of my most favorite movies, and I genuinely think this is one of the best movies of the the modern of modern year movies. District Nine, Neil Blomkamp's revealed that District Ten screenplay is in the works. Oh my days! Now I part of me am thinking, just leave it, just leave it. It's perfect. Yeah, but. I love that movie so much. Oh, me too. Really, me too. What an incredible action movie that was. Absolutely. And so basically, uh, Variety are, are, are kind of reporting. So basically, District 10 screenplay is also being written by Charto Copley um, and Terry Tachel. So basically, it's the, it's the group of them. They announced it. So, so Neil Blomkamp released it on his Twitter. District 10 screenplay is also being written by... Uh, now, is it starring Charlton Copley? Well, this is this is the thing. So obviously, the the previous film finished with Charlton Copley's character of Vickis, um transforming into Vickis a prawn. Van der I mean, can you remember the advertising campaign for District Nine when it came round? Oh can yeah, you remember it? It was incredible. Like yeah. for a kind of, I guess, a we relatively had... like independent esque south african movie yeah I, I was in la at the time when they were doing the rounds of like advertising movie and i saw the for humans only on all of the benches yeah and everything like this like it was really in- i was like what the yeah hell is and this also when it came out as well like we really didn't know what it was no. going to be because up till then science fiction had been very cookie cutter hollywood if i could be so Absolutely. bold yeah oh, and this sequence- one really really kind of changed the game it really did the whole the whole sequence with the with the 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 prawn and his little son Christopher and his little son and then you've got the 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 fight sequences where they're kind of breaking into the facility to get the to get the the juice to power the ship and it's like it's almost one of these films where 
everything was just so hopeless. Yeah. Everything was almost just so damned from the start, and you, every, it was just such a tra- it was such a tragedy. The whole movie was just this sci fi tragedy. Yeah, but I'm kind of interested to see where they go with it. I really hope that that's the same story. I hope this isn't some sort of story where he turns back to a human. Like I liked the tragedy of it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but, whatever yeah. it is, I'm all in. Yeah, I think it's going to be another political, um, almost holding a mirror up to society. No doubt. <laughs> oh, I'm sure because the, the the first one being obviously with the whole apartheid and refugee yeah. camps and stuff and yeah. it's uh yeah i yeah. think it's i think it's really really i like the, i really hope it stays in johannesburg as well i like that setting yeah i thought that was i thought that was that was absolutely integral to the film as well yeah um made it more personal it because did. it was an environment that we didn't know so we kind of wanted to get to know it mm. as a general gro- well, it was global a character. audience i mean the city itself was the character yeah 100 like and we see it was... and we and we see it again in chappie as yes, well yes which yes chappie yes. Chappie's an interesting one because that d- didn't get very well received, but I ca- I quite liked it. But I really liked it, it too. I didn't like Elysium as much. I think it was because we weren't we were in LA for Elysium, weren't we? We weren't in Johannesburg. It was set. In yeah, LA. it was it was LA. That Elysium was a bit more Hollywood. That was yeah. a bit more high budget. I mean, it had Matt Damon. It did. Oh man, though, Charcoal plays the villain in Elysium. Do you remember the bit right in Elysium? Sort of spoilers for Elysium. The bit when he gets a grenade, he explodes, he dies, and then his his henchman just kind of like put him to, into this machine and bring him back to life instantly. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was like, I that's classic oh, no, Neil Blomkamp. No, I mean, like. Elysium has some really good stuff in it. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to District 10, though. I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to be like hooked to anything. Can you imagine when the trailer comes out? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Kraken. You better believe we're going to be covering it. Anyway, Alex, what do they have to do now? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Cal. <laughs> I've been itching to tell them what they have to do. What have you been itching? Quite literally. Oh, no, just like, you no, know, no, no, but what, what are figuratively you, what are you... itching. But, well, I can see you itching something right now. Can you just no, no, you stop can't. itching your arse on the... No, you can't. You can't see that. I'm not, I'm not playing that game. I'm not playing that game. Listeners, get yourself onto the Apple Podcasts app. Find us on there. Give us a cheeky little five-star rating. And you can even write us a cheeky little review as well. Mm, if you don't want to review, that. then you could tell us your favorite movie. You could tell us your favorite movie soundtrack, etc., etc. You can also find us on Spotify and loads and loads and loads of other places where mm. you like listening to podcasts. And if you, you want to get more directly in touch with the show, you can via our email. That is motionspod at gmail.com. Now, we, we have kind of put some of the emails on the back burner because we are moving through our short list for films next week. Now, you mentioned the movie that we're doing next week, but I've, I've kind of forgotten what it was. Oh, The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man, of course. We're doing that one next week, are we? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Fantastic. Lock it um, in. Oh, you, can also, uh, you can also find us on the gram. We are there now. Feel free. We're sharing photos, thoughts, images. Please feel free to join us. And uh, also, a quick thank thank you again to the artist that has created our wonderful artwork absolutely ktc graphic design big shout out go check her out on instagram and also her etsy store which obviously we'll link in the episode description it's down there yeah exactly and she's coming up with new designs all the time and i do not have the wall space to have all of them and i really want to buy all of them they're, they're really really great fantastic well until next week we will see you again thank you very much for listening bye now all right guys ta-ta